think we've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding, the world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Hi, this is Morgan Willard, Miss Oklahoma, USA 2010. Make sure to check out Pure Gold every week at puregoldpg.com. Dave and Joe always bring the best in entertaining talk radio and great guests like me. Good evening, everyone. It is 6.01 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Wednesday night, August 15th, 2012. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe, Justin Buccino, and my tag team partner en route to the studio is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? He's not here. That's right. He's en route. So anyway, folks, the call-in number, 714-364-4721. Once again, that's 714-364-4721. We want to thank all over 1,000 listeners that listened to last week's show with John Dostremski, Fantasy Phenom. And we also want to thank all the people that voted on last week's poll. I'll let DG give that information out. But, folks, tonight on the program, we will have Morgan Woolward to start the show. We actually heard a soundbite from her from last time. We'll have her on tonight and talk about what she's, what's going on in her world lately. We'll dive into some Giants Jets. That's right. Week two of the preseason is underway. And we have the Jets and Giants playing head-to-head. We'll get into that. We'll talk a little Tim Tebow with Mr. DG and whoever wants to call in. Just want to get his take on a couple things that Tebow has brought to the Jets so far. We'll also have on the program Laura G from – Laura L, I'm sorry, from Double G Sports to talk about the David Wright contract situation. And, folks, this Sunday, it's the big pay-per-view of the summer. It's WWE Summerfest. I mean – SummerSlam, that's right, it's SummerSlam. We will be talking about a couple matches that we're really not interested in, but we'll have to preview it anyway. We'll talk about Kevin Nash's comments about wrestling dying after WrestleMania 20 when Benoit and Eddie Guerrero left as champs. We'll also talk to, we'll also talk about Fantasy Phenom 3, the final five have been announced. We won't really get that much into it other than the fact that one of our very own former producers has made the final five, and DG has some story about God and a restaurant that he was at. I don't know. We'll we'll definitely get into that. But, folks, it just happened. Yes, breaking news. Felix Hernandez has thrown a perfect game for the Seattle Mariners. I was watching the last couple laps, and DG, welcome to the program. (laughs) Thank you, sir. I see we're looking here live in the studio, checking out the televisione. A little little on the small side, Joe. I don't know what's going on with the, uh, the upper, the execs here. But look, sir, 23, hold on a second. He's the first pitcher in, in Mariners history oh, to throw a perfect game, but the 23 perfect, 23rd perfect game in Major League history. Yes. You know, I think it's great. Obviously, definitely, maybe. And uh, one error that kind of taints it. I think uh, something's going on there. I think it's great that this happens, sir. But I, honestly, I hate when I see, you know, they're talking about, like, in the sixth inning, oh, he's almost got a perfect game. Oh, you know, three three outs in, we're in the second inning, he almost has a perfect game. He's got seven batters. Like, yeah. come on, you know, get a clue. Yeah, he, he did get a perfect game, so congratulations to Felix. But uh, 
I think people need to chill out with the the updates, you know, before it's the eighth or the ninth inning. Well, same thing happened, you know, last night in the Yankee game with Corota had a no hitter through six. Oh please! And uh, you know, thank God for he didn't get it, but it make us all sick is all I can say. Yeah, you're right about that. So sorry, I did the rundown. We have uh, Morgan Willard um, joining us tonight. We'll catch up with her. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I had that wonderful soundbite with Miss Miss Willard, the lovely Miss Willard. Uh, she is she's a valued part of the Pure Gold uh, family. I mean, it's been a long time since she has been on the show. Right. But uh, she's definitely Pure Gold, sir. She is. By the way, before we even start this this week's show, uh, you apparently escaped the zoo for a third time. So how'd that happen? Oh, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you talking about what I was doing last week while, while you were talking to Jonathan J. Dostrensky? You were being chased by what? Cows, birds? Well, you know, it's funny because... Uh, Kevin Canessa, another another friend of uh, the program who yeah. apparently absconded to uh, Florida. Um, the funny thing is that I was all over the place and I was totally out of breath because I was climbing uphill trying to get to my wife and my daughter. Couldn't find them anywhere. No clue where they were, sir. Yeah. Um, and I was all over. You know, there, there was there was uh, ostrich attacking. There was peacocks. There was all kinds of crazy wild animals. And sir, I'm glad that I escaped with my life. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're back. We had a good show last week. I, I thank the audience, but the one thing I didn't mention was um, the poll results from last week's poll. Uh, you're talking about the, uh, the the one that we put about the uh, New York uh, Metropolitan to be in the playoffs. Yes. Well, sir, I have to I have to go back into the old archives for that one, but I'm pretty sure that the poll results were were not favorable. As far, actually, they were favorable as far as the Mets. Uh, making the playoffs uh, as delusional as uh, many Mets fans are. Of course, we love them all. Yeah. We think they're all wonderful people. It's not a little sick in the head. But uh, that definitely, sir, it doesn't surprise me because you know how Mets fans are. <laughs> that, that's pretty much all I can say. Nice little segue. We're talking about the Mets. Uh, we might as well talk about the Mets because Morgan uh, will join us shortly. Folks, it's 714-364-4721. Speaking of the Mets, we won't talk about David Wright's contract particularly until we get Laura from Double G Sports. But... Looking at the Mets, looking at the nosedive, I mean, this team, we've we've decided that we've already know that the season's over, but next year, I feel like if this team doesn't get infused with some outfield and some catcher, this team might be headed for an abysmal three or four years, which which is sad. The Mets just got Kelly Shopik. What are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, they have their their, uh, injection of talent, of young talent, sir. I mean, Kelly Shopik is the future of Mets baseball. I know people, you know, obviously I jest, and people do joke around about about that on Twitter or whatnot. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that, let's be honest, Josh Tolley is horrible. Um, he stinks. He needs to go. We need to get a new catcher in here. Kelly Shopik is not the answer, and of course they weren't getting him to be the answer. But he stinks. Get him, get him the hell off my team. Get him the hell out of my team and now. Well, not only do you need a catcher, but I mean you need an entire outfield. And look, Kirk Nolan, like I mentioned last week, he's good. You know, he's got some talent. He fell off the map. Lucas Duda, he's he's a future DH. He's not the type of guy who can sit there and go back to back in a belly to belly. And uh, you know, he hit his home runs, but the guy can't feel. Let's be honest, folks. Let's all let's all calm down with how great Lucas Duda is or was. I know people are constantly updating him, uh, what he's doing as far as the. Uh, the world of a triple-A baseball, but, sir, he's he's just not that good. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I hate to burst people's bubbles, but the guy is not that great. You look at the Mets starting rotation, that's the only plus that they do have. Well, somewhat, yeah, when you look at Dickey, but um, Santana's coming back off injury. He pretty much fell off the face of the earth. 
your boy, uh, Mr. Jonathan uh, Nice, John with the weird spelling of his first name. Um, and, you know, if you look at his stats, he definitely shows that he has been uneven. Um, you know, as, as we have our producer looking them up now, so he's 9-6 with 3.67 area. Pretty good, but not great. You know, it's not nothing uh, to write home about. He's just... He's just inconsistent, sir. That's that's the only way to put it. The bullpen is look. Let's be honest, Joe. The Mets need an entire new bullpen from start to finish. Everybody, get them the hell off this team. Get them the hell out of this league now. Um, I look at Matt Harvey's numbers. Matt's one and three. Not not you know he's trying, but uh, Mets aren't scoring for him. But anyway, get the, get those guys out. The starting rotation. I know they have uh, what's his name. Jeremy Hefner is going in there. It's like the sixth starter right now, and they're going through a six-man rotation. But I don't know, sir. The, that, that seems to be the only bright spot with, with Harvey doing decent. Um, you know, Wheeler was probably going to come up at some point next year. They need an entirely new outfield uh, catcher. Pen. I mean, you're talking about almost ten guys that they need on this team, sir. At minimum, that's a lot. If if you're Sandy Alderson, if you're the GM, um, where do you? St- I mean, we know where to start, but what, do you? St- I think it's time that he sent a message to the Mets fans saying we we appreciate your patience. And we understand that we didn't make any moves at the trading deadline when we could have and improved this team. But I think a message has to come out from the top because I feel like as Mets fans we're just dangling in the wind. But what kind of message, sir? I mean, let's be let's be real. What kind of message are they going to send to us? I, I, you and I, of course, think that the Mets need to do something. They need to make moves. But I, I hate to say it, I think you're right. And you know, this is not me being a negative Nelly, as it were. That's Hans's job. I just think that the Mets, you know, they have some some talent. They have some some stuff, but they they need so much help. What is he going to do? It seems like they don't have any money to spend, sir. That, that's the bottom line. Well, if that's the case, then you can't expect to fill, to fill the seats at City Field because, you know, they still want you to come to the game. They still want you to put money into it. But if they're not going to put money into free agents and, and just get uh, improve this team, then I, I don't see the attendance improving at all next year. I think it's going to even decline even more. Well, the attendance definitely won't improve, and uh, it's a shame because to make you know to, you got to spend money to make money, and the Mets don't spend money. And yes, the point has been made that they've spent bad money in the past. But look at that 06 team, sir. Going back to that, that team should have won a World Series. That team had the talent to win the World Series. They didn't do it. I mean, it seems like they lost their chance, sir. So now what? Now where where do we go from here? Are the Mets going to make any moves? Probably not. You know, let's be honest. There's, there's probably not much to, to be done. And I, I know that Joe and Evan were talking about this yesterday. They were literally saying they don't see the Mets making any moves at all of any kind. So, I mean, you tell me. If it's Kelly Shopik, if that's what we're going for, then that, that's his, that's maybe as big as the Mets get there. Just uh, looking at some Mets individually, um, Daniel Murphy, do you want him to be your second baseman for the next three or four years? No, I don't. Um, I think that Murphy has some value in terms of possibly off the bench, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know, Joe. I'm just I'm not in love with the guy. I know there's plenty of Mets fans who are, and I've said this so many times, but I, he's just not my cup of tea, personally. Um, and that's pretty much all I have to say about the Murphinator. Tahada, shortstop. Uh, Tahada, he's good. He has talent also. I think that uh, he's uh, he can be a good player. I just hope that over the long term he can pick up his offense a bit. I agree with that too because let's face it, he's not. Um, there's nothing like that you could say stands out about him. He doesn't have like the greatest of speed. Doesn't have the greatest hitting power. He no, he's definitely got no power. And I know that fans, and, and we'll get into this with Laura because this is one of her points um, as far as the Jose Reyes thing. You know, fans are talking about Jose Reyes and stuff. I mean, you know, again, I want to see what Tejada can do. I'm not trying to be negative, but let's see what the guy can do before we're anointing him the greatest shortstop in Mets history. 
So speaking of just baseball in general, the other big news today besides Felix Hernandez throwing a perfect game is that Melky Cabrera tested positive for steroids, 50-game suspension. Um, I'm a little shocked, to be honest with you. I know you're not, but... Um, I'm not, not, I'm not going to lie and say that I thought Melky was doing anything, but I'm not shocked because so many guys come out and so many, you know, so many different people. It's like, ah, whatever, you know, 50 games, his season is over, which, honestly, it sucks for him, let's be real. But, you know, the guy screwed up. What bugs me is that he was having such a good year, and he really just ruined everything, sir. I mean, he literally he literally was having an awesome season. You know, MVP, and speaking of which, I was listening to John Evan, and they, they had some, some schmuck calling and talking about how, you know, this proves that the All-Star game is a sham, and how could it, you know, this is the MVP of the All-Star game. Like, seriously, dude, get a clue. But uh, aside from that, it, it just shows you that you just never know. He doesn't look like he's on anything, but then again, I mean, who does? Uh, other than you know the, the monsters like uh, when Barry Bonds was here, um, it, it sucks that his season ends this way. But they were saying about possibly taking a flyer on him next year if he's a free agent, which I believe he is. I mean, I know fans might be outraged, but sir, would you go after him? And considering he's a, he's a cheater, definitely not. I do not want him on my team, especially after testing positive. For uh, whatever testosterone performance enhancing drugs. I think uh, Guillermo Moda actually gave him the testosterone, sir. Nice. Um, so you know, other other news in baseball. I, I guess the Yankees have raided their ship because uh, last week we were uh, not concerned. We were actually happy that the, the the team was falling apart, and now they've taken the first two games against Texas. The other, the probably the second best team in the American League at the moment. So they ride their ship, and um, I, I guess you know it's it's whole hum for the Yankees and uh, SOS for the the New York Metropolitans. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what can you say? The Yankees, you and I, are definitely not fans, but uh, the true Yankee fans out there, you know they. So I, I gotta tell you, somebody tweeted this uh, earlier today, and I'm gonna see if I can if I can find out who it was, so I can give her a, a shout out. Um, you know, earlier, actually it was, it was this morning, to start the morning uh, around 8-something, I saw this, and it really kind of like, uh, it got to me because, as you know, I'm a Giants fan and I'm a New York Mets fan. You, unfortunately, have the misery of being a Mets and a Jets fan. Michelle, who on Twitter, I, I don't know if I'd give out her Twitter handle, but uh, Michelle with one L, she's uh, an awesome, uh, you know, pure gold friend, and uh, she was telling me, or she was saying out there that, she hates the fact that the Mets are their front office is so incompetent. Why can't they switch front offices with the, uh, you know, with the Giants? And I, I tell you, that's been my dream come true. Well, you know, why is it that the Giants are so effective and the Mets are so ineffective? Obviously, two separate teams. But I have one team that, that they're like the model franchise, and the other team is the model franchise of of uh, failure and lunacy. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And I compared. Uh, and I hate to do it. Last week I compared the Giants to the Yankees and the Mets to the Jets. I mean, you should become a Jet fan. <laughs> no, I think I should become a Yankee fan because <laughs> at least the Yankees win. So at least the Yankees, you go into every year thinking, you know what? I think I think it'd be boring to be a Yankee fan, but going there thinking, well, at least my team has a chance. <laughs> Thank God we're not the Mets. I'm sure that's what every Yankee fan is thinking. Folks, seven one four three six four four seven two one. So let's take a twi quick time out when we come back. Um, uh, I don't know what my producer's telling me. Do we have Morgan coming on soon? Uh, yeah, she's soon? coming on soon, so let's hold off on that. Actually, you know what, sir, you're right. Let, let, let's do that. So, folks, we'll be right back, and uh, just stay tuned to some pure gold. 
Hi, guys. I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno, and you're listening to David and Joe on puregoldpg.com. So relax, put your feet up, and listen in. I mean, not on the table, because that's just gross. What's up, guys? This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Welcome back, folks. It's JB and DG breaking it down like we do. So what is the poll question of this week? Well, folks, for for those of you Pure Gold uh, fanatics, and a shout-out to, to Susie, who uh, <laughs> actually she told me that she didn't vote because she she's extremely superstitious, and she was afraid that somehow uh, that would jinx uh, R.A. Dickey. Oh, but uh, Susie Wild 79 who's, uh, who's actually uh, one of the contestants in the 7line.com calendar scenario going on there. Not sure if you know about that, sir, but um, you know, there's a couple of people that we talk to that are, that are friends of the show, uh, Amanda, Susanna, and uh, also Erica, who, you know, they're they're classy young ladies, and they don't show off uh, what uh, what they were blessed with, as it were. And uh, a lot of the women on this are totally just showing everything, kind of trashy, and they're the ones getting all the votes, so it's a shame. But uh, but anyway, sir, uh, the poll question for this week, and we definitely need the fans to vote there, will R.A. Dickey, a.k.a. Robert Allen Dickey, a.k.a. Mr. PG himself, will R.A. Dickey win the Cy Young this year? Your choices are yes, he will. It's his special year. No, because they will be biased since he's a knuckleballer and he has a good chance, but not sure if he will get it. So uh, we don't have too many votes on that one yet, so folks, please go out there and vote. Um, you know, make us proud, folks. All I can tell you is make us proud. I forgot to tell you, there's a big shout-out to uh, our show uh, during the Olympics. Did you hear? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sorry, I didn't hear. What, no. what was that? Well, when the uh, United States, I believe, um, women's soccer team won gold, the announcer at the end of the, the um, as soon as like the last second ticked off and they had won, they actually said, and it's pure gold for the United States women's soccer team. <laughs> well, of course, you know, we support all the U.S. Olympic teams. Uh, I mean, what can I say? That That's just the kind of show that we are, that we get that type of uh, airplay and we get that type of mention on an Olympic uh, platform. While we're talking about the Olympics and waiting for Morgan to come on, let me ask you this question because I think it's very interesting. Um, there's other countries that are great at uh, different events during the Olympics. We seem to get chastised for having the best basketball teams, uh, the best basketball team in the world, and we send our professionals. Do you feel like we should send our professionals, or do you feel like we should send our amateurs? I don't know, because I know there was some embarrassment that went on when uh, the United States did not send their professionals back in the uh, early 80s, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, it's 84. Um, and I remember the Dream Team, et cetera, et cetera, in 88. But, sir, I think that, um, you know, that's one of those things where if you look at it, you know, we, we, have a, we, have a great, we have a great team. You know, we have talent. It's one of the sports that we're truly great at, so why not just take advantage? I think the fact that they didn't blow every team out is a bit of an embarrassment, though, sir. Uh, but we're going to have to uh, curtail the Olympic talk right now because we are joined by our extra special, awesome, and wonderful and lovely guest for the evening. Wow. And, yeah, i got to give her a great oh, – did I mention lovely and amazing? Uh, before we get to that, though, folks, uh, check this one out. Hey, this is Morgan Woolard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Folks, 
we're joined by the one and only, once again, returning to PG after a long hiatus, Morgan Wood. How are you doing this evening? Hey, how you doing? That voice sounds familiar. Yeah, doesn't it though, uh, Morgan? Yeah, we thank you. We thank you so much for joining us, and uh, it's been a very, it's been a, a long time, and I do mean a long time since you've been on the show. Um, I remember when you came on because I actually looked this up uh, earlier today. My daughter was about three weeks old at the time, and now she's just turned ten months. So it's been oh, a while. Beautiful. Definitely, definitely beautiful. But uh, it's been quite a bit, and there's a lot to cover. Morgan, one of those things, and I happened to see one of the uh, the videos on uh, Facebook. Um, you know, you've been in a couple of music videos. Uh, you know, you look fabulous, as always. Please uh, tell, the, tell the audience a little bit about that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, a, a local record company called me, and they thought I would be perfect for the role, and it was called Making Girls Cry. The band is called Radio Radio, and I had an absolute blast. I'd never acted before, not to that level anyway, um, but it was so much fun to play a character and to, you know, I had to cry and I had to be upset and I had to be angry and enjoy all these emotions. So it was a lot of fun because I think modeling's a lot like that, and that's why I love right. it. You get to kind of embody something and sort of become something different and almost an alter ego. So it was fun to take it to another level. Um, and then I was also in another video for a photographer who is just, making huge leaps for himself. His name's Jay Pack, and it's really an interesting story because he's a professional uh, radiologist. He is in, you oh, wow. know, his lab coat every day and doing all of these things in the medical field when he picked up a camera and all of a sudden had this incredible gift and talent. And so he's been taking that to such extraordinary lengths. Not only is he an amazing talent, but he also – gives 100% of his profits to children's charities. And so as Smile Train is one of the ones he gives to most. Um, but I did a video to sort of showcase his work and um, to to be the grand opening of his big showroom. So that was an honor. Wow, that, that's definitely some wonderful stuff there. And, of course, that's quite a, that's quite a jump from, you know, radiology to that. But um, yeah. one thing I wanted to – touch on that you just mentioned you mentioned acting and you know crying et cetera et cetera were you uh were you relying on personal experience maybe a a boyfriend or two that that shattered your little oklahoman heart <laughs> no i you know i didn't draw from anything and having never taken acting classes i wasn't exactly sure how to go about doing that um i just went with it i don't know i felt like i did a fairly good job <laughs> But, but no, I, I did not um, try to relive heartache. Who wants to do that? Well, you know, unfortunately, we're Mets fans, so we relive heartache every year when oh, April comes yes. around, and then by the end of October or the end of September. So. I, I gotta, I gotta give it to you. That's loyalty at its finest. Oh, it definitely is, and it's also stupidity at its finest. Now, Morgan, um, <laughs> moving on to the next question. Uh, dude, last time we spoke, you had basically been held hostage in the middle of riots in, in Greece. And uh, yeah. I read, you told me that you actually went back again. Now, were you held captive this time, possibly for ransom or anything of that nature? No, no, I was not held for ransom. Thank the Lord, because I, no exaggeration, was living in the ghetto of Athens, the most dangerous part. When I first got there, I had my suitcases, and, and one of the fellow models says, 
you know they stab people for money around here. I'm like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, that's honestly, great. it was such, <laughs> such an adventure. Like, that doesn't scare me, like, scare me at all. There was no fear. It was just like, I I was out there for a reason. I wanted to see the world. And I wanted to travel. And I wanted a great adventure. And by golly, I sure got it. <laughs> You know, I'm looking out my window, and I see riots and vandalism and gas masks and, like, literally living in the peak of the economic crisis. So everything that people were seeing on the news, I was seeing outside my window. And I've got to say, it was an incredible experience, and I wouldn't take it back for anything. I think when you step outside of your comfort zone and you step outside of what you're used to and the norm, you grow exponentially as a person and the kind of people you meet and the things they even had to do, you know, wash my clothes by hand and hang them on the line or outside my window seal, you know, wash dishes by hand, um, no air conditioning, all those things, you just grow so much, not only as a person and who you meet and what you do, but also to appreciate everything that you have when you return. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's really great that you did survive that, Morgan. And, uh, you, you know, from one from one adventure to another, I, I, I see that you were talking to my co-host about being asked by the Donalds to be in a reality show. Can you tell us what that's about? Yeah, um, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to release, um, but it's it's a new show that they were considering um, doing a pilot for, and it's in regards to pageantry, of course. Um, uh, that's all I will say because I don't know how much has been revealed, and I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem. I, I just thought for I some reason. Get fired. <laughs> yeah, we want. We definitely don't want to get fired. I thought he was talking about The Apprentice or something. No, it's it's different. It's it's new. The idea oh, okay. is fresh. Yeah. Never <laughs> <Episode> been done. <laughs> okay, um, Morgan. I mean, we we talk about on our show. We talk about everything and everything, and like it seems like we're going from riots. To the Donald Show, That's and now I'm going to have to ask you. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about some sideline reporting on a football team. Was, uh, was it was it college level? What team was it? Oh, it's actually in the works. I um. Oh. When I went to Oklahoma State University, my major was sports media, and I'm actually transferring to Lindowin University right outside of St. Louis, and my major is still sports information. And the university asked me to do sideline reporting for the football team. I don't know if I'll be covering any other sports, but right now it's football for sure. And, yeah, I'm super excited. I grew up pretty much like a little boy. My dad had three girls. I was the youngest. And so as soon as we could walk, we were playing sports. And so it's a huge part of my life, and I love everything about it and just competition itself and you know, I can't wait to do something so different because I've never in my life done silent reporting. I've done hosting and I've done red carpet corresponding, um, but I've never been on the field commentating. So this will be this will be a new thing, and I look forward to it. I mean, Morgan, you're definitely pure gold and PG because <laughs> you well definitely said. do everything and anything, and uh, you pretty much tell it like it is. That's honestly, and I, I love that you said that because. That's what I credit my success to. I try to face every fear, and I think true greatness cannot be achieved without the fear of failure. And if you fear something, you have to go for it. And I'm all about challenging yourself and trying new things. And, you know, every time that I've doubted, I say, let's do it anyway. And it usually turns out okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, it, it's funny, uh, Morgan, because you mentioned that uh, – Joe mentioned you being pure gold, and, of course, your golden blonde hair – would be uh, would be part of that, but when you were talking about 
the credit that you gave, I actually thought you were saying you give credit to being on Pure Gold for uh, you know all these other things that have come out there. So I just had to, I just had to throw that out. Oh yes, well I did, I did come on your show right after Miss USA, and after Miss USA is when all of a lot of the great opportunities came up. So yeah, Pure Gold. <laughs> oh, of I'm course, of course. Doing a fist pump over here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, please don't do that because that's that's an embarrassment to us here in New Jersey, um, <laughs> you know, with the Jersey Shore and all that. But, folks, for those of you just tuning in, we are talking to the lovely and the talented and the amazing and the wonderful and the simply pure gold Morgan Woman, who was Miss Oklahoma, USA, 2010. Should have been Miss USA, oh, yeah. but that's another story. <laughs> that's Wonder another story <laughs> for another time. Uh, Morgan, another thing going on in your life, amazing how busy yeah. you have been. Uh, you were just named FMI Model of the Month. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, pretty awesome. Um, FMI is a sports and fitness network of people who are really just trying to make it in their careers. And there's PR and um, all kinds of photo shoots and clinics and conferences and all of the above. And um a lot of these models are fitness models or they compete in shows or something of that nature, um, bikini models. And uh, they asked me if I would be model of the month and, um, you know, represent them and kind of speak on their behalf. And uh, they're nothing but a class act. I love being a part of their family. And they're really just truly good people and motivators. And everyone on the team has such a fire to succeed and has such a drive. And that really rubs off on you. Wow, that's that's some amazing stuff there. We've we've run a really uh, we've run a full spectrum of what you've done, uh, Morgan. Is there anything <laughs> that we've missed? Uh, I mean, up until I Tuesday, I thought you myself. were <laughs> I thought Tuesday you were like Mitt Romney's uh, vice president, but then Paul Ryan was named, so <laughs> that was left out. I mean, what what else are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I I'm just my personality. I get bored so easily, and so I'm always bouncing around doing so many things. Um, I can't even keep up with myself. Uh, so I'm sure there's <laughs> plenty of things going on. I'm trying to think here. Oh, this is super cool. I, I just got back from Atlanta. I've been working like crazy, traveling all over the place. It was Miami a couple weeks ago, then Atlanta, then Little Rock, and Chicago. Man, it's just crazy. Well, I just got back from Atlanta, and there was a massive – 20-foot-plus, just huge pillar poster size of me. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was it was so cool because you work so hard, and no one knows behind the scenes how difficult modeling truly is. And so when you see the product and you see the finished work, it is so rewarding. And it was really special to see something so larger than life of myself and um, such an honor to be a part of that. Is that weird to look at something like that that's so big and it's you? It's so rewarding. You know, you're just beaming. You're you're so proud that, that you were allowed to do something like that. Um, I've done billboards. You know, I've I've done Hallmark cards, gift cards. And, like, every time it never gets old when I see Wait. it, it's Wait. my heart flutters. <laughs> Morgan, you've done, you've done Hallmark cards, really? Yeah, yeah. I was Hallmark babe. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's, that's pretty cool. That's another thing you've like, done. You know, um, happy birthday. <laughs> Joe mentioned the politics. I mean, is there anything? Are you sure there's nothing else you're leaving out? I mean, are you going to become like the first female president in the United States history, or possibly, uh, you know, you're going to go to Greece and become president over there? Who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's 
it is a dirty business, but you know my my goal in life has always been to to make the world a better place, and I don't know if that's politics, but if if I could help men America, it would certainly be worth it. <laughs> While you were saving the world and uh, doing everything else in between, curing cancer, yeah, yeah. curing cancer. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Off the world list. hunger. That too. Well, did you catch a movie uh, anytime this summer? Or did you catch the blockbuster oh, of the year? The blockbuster of the year. Which one was that? Oh jeez, uh, the Dark Knight Rises. What else? That's the artist. <laughs> I don't know. No, guys. <laughs> no. My the last Batman movie, that. Morgan. Come on. Oh, Batman. <laughs> yes. Um, but that one, like a. That won an award or something, so I'm not totally off base. <laughs> no, I did. You're right. Um, Actually, I did. I saw Batman in IMAX. We Ooh. Oklahomans, we can pride ourselves that we have the biggest IMAX in the country. So wow. if you ever come wow. to Oklahoma City, you can go to our IMAX. We just got it, so we're pretty pumped about it. But oh, wow. my dad and I went to Batman together and had a little daddy-daughter date, and I thought it was Aww. great. Loved it. That's that's great. Uh, I mean, I totally. I'm sad that you said it was great because I I was not a big fan of it. But no, that's, you're that's kidding. Kinda, uh, no, I, I'm not. We did. We've literally. I can't believe Joe brought this up because we've spent weeks uh, and incessantly talking about this movie to the point where I'm sick of it and I'm not even gonna address it at this point, Morgan. But speaking yeah, of something that's larger than life. Speaking of something that's, you know, big for Oklahoma City, your team, Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, oh, got to throw this out there. You so, I mean, Ooh, don't get they, me fired up here. Did they make you cry? Did they make this Oklahoma cry? Happy tears, happy tears. I was so proud of them. I mean, granted, it would have been great to win the whole thing, but we're talking about... Not only is this team incredibly young, not only is this franchise brand new, to have made it so far in such a short period of time, I'm just excited about what the future holds. And I'm so proud of those guys, and just for as young as they are, and their maturity and their talent. And it's just a family out here. And it's so special to see what they have done to our city and how it's united us. And we all just really come together and believe in them. And it's so nice to have that, to have something to believe in, to have something to fight for and to to um back back up and it's just been so special. I I'm like you with the Mets now with Thunder. My children are gonna be Thunder fans or I'm not paying <laughs> for their college. It's like Thunder up. I ride and die no matter what. I am a true fan. <laughs> wow, that's 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 interesting stuff. Now, I have two comments. One, maybe maybe the Thunder are the reason you guys got the largest IMAX in the United States and the other Maybe. thing is, I don't, I, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding sexist, and it's not a sexist comment, but I just think it's because women are more sentimental than men. I don't know any mm-hmm. guy who would say, oh, I'm so proud of my team, and they, they did so good, and I'm proud of these guys. I would be punching yeah, people right. in the face. I would be throwing hot rice at that. I would be going crazy if my team made it that. I remember how nuts I was. We talked about this earlier. The Mets almost went to the World Series like six years ago. I went nuts. I threw all my Mets memorabilia. I almost threw it out in the garbage. I literally went insane. I wasn't saying, wow, I'm so proud of the Man, Mets. They, on, they almost made it to the World Series. Full, babe. Glass is half full. You uh, kidding me? 
Like, you made it to the NBA Finals. That's legit. That is something to be proud of and to, re- like, represent no, and, no. and to hold dearly. Are you kidding? Come on. You can't even no. get mad at those boys. They fought hard. They did everything that they could. The last thing you want to do is be pissed off at them for not finishing. I think I think they did a phenomenal job, and I will stay by their side. <laughs> yeah, they, they, what they forget Thank to you. realize what they forget to realize is that the the cup is half full with the Oklahoma State Thunder. They should be in the finals next year, barring any big yeah, injury or big trades. So. Why do you guys think of all these trades? Crazy, LA. Oh my gosh. Oh I don't yeah, know. yeah. I'm a, I'm a little scared. That, that's White actually Howard something. And Nash. That's actually something to to mention. And Joe, since uh, since you're such a huge NBA fan, you want to feel that one. I mean, what do you think about what the Lakers have done with the Mister? Dwight, the crybaby Howard, get me out of uh, get me out of Orlando um, after I screw my I team don't like over. It. Awful. I, I don't like think... it at all. It makes me pretty scared. But the only thing I'm hoping for is maybe, oh, you know, they're gonna butt heads. Maybe Kobe and Dwight aren't gonna, you know, be in divas. Maybe they aren't gonna really flow. I don't know. That's our only hope because those two together could be trouble for sure. And then of course you got Ray Allen going to the Heat, which I'm very upset about. I love Ray Allen. I, he's like a Celtic for life to me. So to have to sort of surf for the heat now, I had posted uh, Ray Allen in my dorm when I was 18. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ray I Allen didn't break your heart, did he? Boxing, Ray Allen all. isn't the reason you were in that video crying, was it? <laughs> no. But I can't see him in anything but green. So, so many oh. trades. Too weird. Too weird. Lynn, Houston, and what do we got? Landry Fields to Toronto. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, the, the Knicks, of course, uh, you know, right. signings and stuff. Knicks We're even going downhill. We're not talking yeah. about basketball anymore. We're not talking about the Knicks. Let's stop right here, folks. We're okay, talking we're to done. Morgan. Ward. We're on. talking to Morgan Willard. Morgan, let's end on a bright note here because I can't believe Dave's last question was about how disappointed we were about the Thunder. Let's talk about how fans <laughs> can reach out and reach uh, interact with you in case sure. they haven't heard the show from what six, ten nine, months ago, nine months, nine ago. months ago. Yeah. Um, well, I really keep up with things as much as possible. I'm on Twitter, and it's just my name, at Morgan Woolard. I love interacting with my fans. I will try to respond to everybody. Um, I just think it's a lot of fun, and, and I appreciate getting to know people, and I appreciate the support. And, uh, yeah, I, I have Twitter. I have Facebook, Morgan Woolard. Um, Instagram, love taking pictures, oh, love documenting my life. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Sign, sign up or follow or anything, and I'd be really happy to get to know you further. You know, Morgan, what's interesting is uh, right before we let you go, because I was talking to Joe about this, when you first came on the program, I remember saying, okay. I was like, wow, you know, Morgan has, I think at that time you had maybe either like 1,500 or three, it was no more than 3,000 yeah. followers on Twitter. Now you're closing in on almost like 20,000 followers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those other those other 13,000 definitely came out, uh, after you heard, you came on this show. Oh, definitely. Well, definitely. That, that's, quite a, that's quite an accomplishment. True. Can't deny that. Thank you. It's so humbling, and it's just really special because I really do appreciate it. Um, in all humility, I really pray that my platform can do something great and uh, maybe leave a little bit more light in the world. And I just love people, and to to have people who appreciate my work or you know support me and what I do, it's really special, and I don't take it for granted whatsoever. 
Definitely, Morgan. Uh, thank you so much once again for joining us. It was a pleasure. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and no thank problem. you for all the wonderful adjectives. You're so descriptive. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't be. Hopefully my daughter won't be turning like 12 uh, the next time you, you come on the air. But uh, hopefully we'll have you on again. Wonderful. Morgan. David, I couldn't think of any more. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, I, 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 although you're being facetious, I, I definitely appreciate it. But hopefully, again, uh, we can have you on at some point before, you know, Perfect. 2014. Guys. Awesome. Morgan, have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. You too, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Take care. Folks, that was the one and only Morgan Ward, the amazing, the talented, the gifted, et cetera, et cetera, as Joe is giving me. I am taking the thesaurus away from you. <laughs> Joe is giving me funny looks here. Um, let's take a short break, and yeah. we'll be right back to talk a little bit more here on Akio Gold. Hey, this is Lisa Marie Latino of Longshot Productions, and you are listening to Pure Gold. I'm Lisa Mateo from the PIX11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspectives. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, Producer Francesca Zapatelli at puregoldpg.com. Folks, we are back here in Pure Gold, and uh, th- you know, there's a reason I played those sound bites. Why is that? Uh, because A, Francesca, I spoke to her this week, and she's in the process of trying to get the, uh, a little bit more going on with her film. Um, you know, Ballerina, I'm not. So hopefully we'll have her on at some point in the near future to discuss that when she gets everything settled. Lisa Mateo, another guest we'd like to have back on the show. She just recently was on the Boomer and Curtain show. My favorite show, <clears throat> not. And uh, she is going to have a, a television program. I believe it's a cooking show. Really? Over on Channel 11, yeah. So we definitely want to have her on the air again. And uh, I had a little reaching out here to Jen Lilly, who was another one of our little promos that we aired earlier. And there's a, there's a pretty good chance Jen is going to be on the air with us in two weeks on August 29th. We'll probably have that confirmed by the end of the show. So I just had to uh, throw that out there, sir. All right, sir. It was nice to have Morgan on the show once again. Oh, Ten months later. And uh, obviously she's saving the world and uh, one one life at a time. One life at a time, right? So um, before uh, we have our next call, uh, next guest, Laura from Double G Sports, to come on to talk about the David Wright contract situation, uh, we were just talking about the Olympics, and you said that um, we were. Yeah, we were talking about how the uh, USA basketball team gets chastised for being so dominant, and uh, you said that they didn't win close enough, and I agree. That game against Spain Sunday was uh, kind of worrisome. The, the the score was tied pretty much at the half, and they only won by seven points. But that shows you that I think that you do need the, the athletes. Your prof- if, if the Olympics are allowing the professionals to be in it, then I don't see why the, the uh, United States can't send their NBA basketball team, their professionals, to try to win gold. Well, you know, uh, Spain does have a couple of uh, NBA players, if I'm not mistaken, on it. So, uh, you know, they they have talent. And these teams do have talent. There's no doubt about that. I guess, I mean, I don't have a problem with it per se. I'm not sitting here saying, well, you know, uh, there's no way. But, you know, I mean, people do criticize. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, do you, you think it's necessary to have this, to have pros? I mean, obviously, definitely, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. I, I think that anything uh, that you stay within the legal limits, uh, you send professionals and you win gold because, let's face it, the USA soccer team will never win gold. You always have teams like Brazil, 
even like Mexico that just stunned Brazil this past uh, sun, Saturday or Sunday uh, to win Olympic gold. So you, you'll have sports that the United States just will never be able to compete in. So you send the professionals. You win as many golds as you can. That's what the Olympics is about, sending the best to be the best, and you win pure gold. Um, pure gold. Absolutely, sir. <laughs> um, you know, and that, that's a, that's an interesting point. I mean, I, I I mean, obviously, I support the U.S. Whatever they do, but I, I'm not a huge uh, Olympics guy, sir. I I I, got, I can't lie. I can't really get into it that much. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really into it that much either. I mean, I watched here and there. My dad watched it like it was like um, he was slopping it up like his last supper. He was watching everything and everything. I mean, he he should have came on and did a report from the sidelines at the uh, Olympic Games in London, but. Uh, Oh, of course. Uh, that would have been great to have. Uh, hey, Dave, remember me? Yeah. Yes, sir, I do. Um, but anyway, <laughs> just had to throw that out there. I mean, that, the great, the, the, the all-time great Neil from Melville. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And as we wait for Laura, a little nugget here. Uh, we talked about Fancy Phenom last week, obviously, definitely, maybe. Just your quick take on um, one of our own, our very own former producer, making it to the final five. That's right, Mr. Flips, James Flippin, is one of the final five. Correct? Oh, man. Uh, congratulations, huh? Oh, of course. Congratulations to him. I almost threw up when I found out, but oh, uh, I'm <laughs> definitely, you know, nothing against, <laughs> nothing against Flips because he is a great guy, although things maybe didn't work out on the producing end for us. He is a wonderful guy, and, you know, much success to him. Uh, I can't say what I really think, but, you know, I love James, and hopefully he'll be able to come on the air with us one day. But enough of that crap. We can talk about that now because we're actually joined by uh, Laura, who is a writer, a.k.a. blogger, for Double G Sports. Laura, how are you doing this afternoon, a.k.a. evening? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much again for, for joining us. Um, you wrote an article that I thought was quite interesting, and we'd like to talk about that and dissect it here on Pure Gold. Um, you talked about David Wright, and you mentioned how Mr. Wright, or wrong, depending on your, your take on it, is up. And he has an option year for next year. I believe it's a $16 million option the Mets will have to pick up. With the way they're spending money, I don't know if they can afford it. But you are of the opinion that you do not want Mr. Wright, or you don't think Mr. Wright will uh, be re-signed by the Mets. Now, uh, break that down for us if you can, Laura. I don't know necessarily like if he will or won't. I'm more on the side of I don't care either way. That's what I mean. That's the part. That I, like if he goes, I just see it as kind of like no big deal. And especially coming, you know, I am a huge Mets fan, and I think the fact that I'm a female in saying that surprises most of the people, honestly. But I just, to me, if he goes, it won't be that upsetting. I just don't think that he's, I don't know, I don't think he's bringing as much to the team as, as everybody else thinks he is right now. So, Laura, let me ask you a question. Um, so what you're saying is that unlike most female Mets fans, you don't want David Wright to uh, bear, you don't want to bear his children? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, not, like, not even a little bit, and I honestly, his eyebrows <laughs> aggravate me, like, beyond belief. But that's well, whatever. I- I don't know about his I don't know about his eyebrows, but I know a lot of women on Twitter who are legit Mets fans and also happen to be madly in love with him, which you know whatever to each his own. But uh, it's funny you you mentioned that you are a, a Mets fan, and you, so you don't think that David is worth the type of money that he's going to be uh, that he's going to be getting paid because obviously he's going to get that franchise player money. You wouldn't qualify him as a franchise player. My thing is for excuse me for. Him to be picked up for another season, it would be $16 million. And I don't think that he's worth it, and I don't think that the Mets are going to make other moves in the offseason 
to make the team any better than they are playing right now. So for the Mets to spend $16 on one guy for one season to essentially have the same season again next year I think is absurd. And, no, I don't – he's a franchise player because, again, I am a Mets fan, I swear, but he's the best of the worst. Like, SportsCenter has to show Mets highlights every night, and, of course, they're going to show David Wright because they're not showing Daniel Murphy or Turner or Davis or, you know, David Wright. So, so that's why he is the face of the franchise right now, especially since Ray has left. But I just don't – I don't think he's – I don't think there's a reason for him to be as beloved as people think there is. Oh, uh, Laura, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you say you don't care either way, but if, if, you, if you're a Mets fan, don't you want what's best for the Mets? Don't you want, if the Mets know they're not going to sign or he doesn't want to be here because he wants to be on a winning team, don't you think that it's time to start now considering some trade options and try to get the best available whatever's out there, whether it's minor leaguers, whether it's another major leaguer? Don't you think it's time for the Mets to start doing something right for the fans and uh, instead of just letting David Wright walk away after next year, try to trade for him and get some pieces for the future? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I say I don't care, it's not that I don't care about the team. It's I don't care if David stays or goes, like, per- like specifically when it comes to him. I personally would rather see him go. Um, it doesn't really seem to me that his, you know, his heart's really – like into this team and I get that probably you know after nine years being just kind of beaten down yeah you you would like to see what winning is like and I totally understand that so yeah I definitely would love to see the Mets kind of trade him and maybe bring in somebody younger somebody that's gonna you know we need so many different things you know outfielders and a catcher my god do we need a catcher so I would definitely love to see them trade and get something you know better I guess so you're not as thrilled as I was when we got Shopik the other day? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say that I was, honestly. Good. Well, yeah, he's, he's I mean, he's a huge upgrade, sarcasm aside. But, um, you know, the, the funny thing is that as a Mets fan, I do like David Wright. I've come around a little bit more on him, but I don't think that he is the franchise player that the Mets need him to be. I think he's the type of guy who, if he was in his prime when Mike Piazza was in his prime, would have been great. Uh, I can imagine Piazza, Wright, and Alfonso leading the Mets, and I think that our 2000 World Series may have been a little bit different. But, you know, the truth is that, like you said, David is the best of the worst. And, again, I don't want angry Twitter fans, you know, who listen to the show right now calling me and, and cursing me and my family because I don't love David Wright. But I, I do think that he's going to ask for a lot of money. It's going to be a ton of money. And you did mention in your article that he did say something about uh, wanting to be on a winning team, et cetera, et cetera. So that very well could be his comp out of, of being off this team because, let's be honest, the Mets are not going to win for any time soon. I don't know what they're planning on doing in the offseason, if anything, but Joe and I were detailing this earlier. The Mets literally need an entirely new outfield just to be able to compete because their outfield stinks. They need a new catcher. Their, all their catchers stink. And you can't sit there and say that the Mets have a lot of hope other than their, pit, their starting rotation. I mean, what do we have to look forward to as Mets fans? Not much, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, that is true. And it's sad because the first half of the season was so exciting. And of course. we're getting behind guys that you really you didn't even know who they were. Like, you had to look up. At least I did. I was like, you know, who is this guy? Like, I had to look him up. But, um, you know, and that was really fun. And, and I'm not saying that you need big names to have – a team, like a great team, I firmly don't believe in that, and I think the Mets showed that in the beginning of the season. You know, you can kind of take anybody together and make them a team, but uh, yeah, the Mets definitely need to make some changes. We have 
really nothing to look forward to <laughs> right now, which is true because so many things are in question. Not only David and and Dickie, and we're paying San- Johan Santana twenty some odd million dollars next year, and is he going to have another season like he had this year? Like, oh, there's just so many things wrong right now. You're right, and uh, the team was great to watch, and the reason why they were great to watch is because they were winning. The qu- and this is going to come up, and you can mark it down right now, August 15th on Pure Gold, 6.51 p.m. This is going to come. This is going to be the debate at the end of the season. Do the Mets go after a big outfielder? And here's the name that I'm going to throw out to you, and it's been discussed briefly, but it's going to be really discussed as soon as the offseason is. Do you throw a lot of money at, do you keep David Wright for one more year, and do you throw a lot of money at a Josh Hamilton as your outfielder? Laura, you want to feel that one? Um, okay. Well, that's interesting. I haven't heard that. So I'm totally thrown for a loop. Um, well, he is a free agent. Know? That's what Joe's saying. I'm saying he's a free agent okay. and he would solve, you know, some of that Jason Bay get-off-my-team uh, syndrome that I have right about now. I don't really think that the Mets, I mean, I don't know how, I honestly don't know how much it would take to get Hamilton to the Mets, so I don't know if losing right would like that would make up for it but i i mean we're still paying jason bay an absurd amount of money johan an absurd amount of money next year so i mean i don't know if realistically the mets could do that i don't i don't know if one guy helps the team i I think they really need a couple guys so i don't know if that's the best move for them just going out and throwing dumping all their money on one guy who yeah he he was great but you know he hits and misses too so I, i don't i don't know if that's the best scenario for them, honestly. Well, if you look at the team, I, I love Josh Hamilton absolutely. I mean, he's one of my one of my. He's. A, I'm not a guy who likes guys on other teams. I typically stick to my team, um, but he's one of the only, the very few that I that I love, and I think he's an awesome player. But I think he'd be an absolute disaster in New York because his uh, well documented issues with substance abuse and trying to overcome them, et cetera, et cetera. I think that would be terrible, and I think it would be the worst move the Mets could ever make. I mean, they don't have that kind of money, Joe. Let's be honest, but. If they did do it, I think it would be a, a true uh, disaster and another epic failure. It would be almost as bad as a Jason Bay signing, not because of talent, but because of what could possibly happen to Mr. Hamilton uh, afterwards. So, th- so that's my issue. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to, you know, see the point of view of he would be a big bopper that you need somebody that hits home runs along with Dave Wright. Because let's face it, nobody except for what Ike Davis and Dave Wright has hit home runs. Everyone else has been set down to the minors. Lucas Duda has been, um, you know, oh, the Duda day. He's been up and down in the minors. So I just, you know, unless the Mets are willing to sacrifice the next couple of years, and in the New York City market, it's it's hard to uh, be this the second fiddle to the New York Yankees every year. I think that if they are beyond the Madoff situation and the Mets are ready to start spending next year, they want to stay status quo, status quo this year. I think that they're going to go after a big free agent. I'll be honest with you. I think that they're going to release Jason Bay at the end of this year. They're going to bite the bullet. I think they're going to try to infuse some excitement with this team. And I think Josh Hamilton, I, I could be wrong, but it'd be nice to be right on August 15th that Josh Hamilton is in New York Met <laughs> during the offseason. Yeah, Joe, I think you need to stop uh, sniffing the, the, the drugs. Or, no, stop sniffing the drugs or injecting those needles into your veins that I see over I see those track marks because something is definitely wrong with you. Right. But, Laura, uh, you know, we were detailing this earlier in the afternoon as a big Mets fan that you are. Um, what do you think? I mean, do you look at this team, you look at the farm system, is there anyone you think that can solve any of the Mets' problems, or do you think that we're just going to be in for long, sloppy, sad, you know, tear-filled, uh, crying ourselves to sleep at night 
seasons with the Mets like I have been pretty much my entire life. I mean, is there anything that we have to look forward to possibly in this team? Um, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not I'm not that person that really follows our farm system closely. I'm not going to lie. I I just I don't have time to sit there and look at the AAA <laughs> team and stuff like that. So I really don't know, like, what's up and coming, but um, considering I haven't really heard anything other than Harvey, who's up now, and Wheeler, like, I'm guessing that there's not a whole bunch of other guys to look forward to in the next couple of years. Um, well, the thing that's crazy about this team is I just don't, it just doesn't make sense. The first, like, we had these guys, these same group of guys in the beginning of the season, like the first half of the season, which was awesome. So, like, I just don't understand what happened. Like, that's the part that just boggles my mind. It's not like it's not like we had a superstar and he went down or anything. Like, we had right, these right. bunch of, you know. And the funny thing guys. is, when the, Mets are, when the Mets are playing great, Ike Davis was stinking up the joint. Uh, and then when Ike uh-huh. turned it around, then that didn't help. The problem is the Mets go as David Wright goes. and David Wright goes into a slump, the whole team goes into a slump. And the truth is, Joe and I talked about this all year long. They were overachieving severely to the point of almost ridiculousness. And I didn't think it was gonna, I didn't think they had this much of a, of a tail-off. But uh, honestly, it's just the Mets don't have the talent. This team... Uh, you know, you can be as, as optimistic as, as you want to be, but the Mets don't have the talent to sit there and say, I never thought they'd seriously compete. They were doing so well. Diggy was pitching great. He came back to earth a little bit, still has a great record, but uh, he hasn't been as good in the second half as he was in the first half. Johan is gone. After the no-hitter, he pretty much went downhill. I mean, the Mets are literally 16 and a half games out of first place. They're nine games out of the wild card, which is insane. Um you know, they're six games under 500, and the, the Washington Nationals are, like, almost 30 games over 500. So, you know, when you look at the, at the, the truth of the, the matter, I mean, the Mets just didn't have the horses to compete. I just, I'm shocked that, like you mentioned, I'm shocked it went so, went so bad so quickly. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I agree. Uh, this team definitely overachieved. They, they had pretty good pitching. I mean, you, you look at Santana, and Santana has fallen to what, other pitchers have fallen into after they pitch. It seems like a no hitter. It seems like the, the, his ERA is out of whack. His it, it's just not Santana anymore. I don't know if that pitch count affected him or what affected him, but Santana is not Santana anymore, sir. And Nice has been okay, yeah. and Dickey has been phenomenal. So with those three pitchers, if you had a healthy Santana, if you had a Santana that was Santana like, you, you may have been able to compete a little bit more. But Santana was on the DL. Dickey couldn't carry the load by himself, and uh, this team just fell apart in the second half. Well, if you look at it, and Laura, you can chime in on this. I mean, the Mets, their second uh, two-out offense is doing great. But look at the Mets, honestly, as a team. They don't have that many – they don't have a lot of offensive talent on this team. I mean, Ike is cool, though. David is – you know, he's playing good, but, you know, not as great as Mets fans would seem to think. And, I mean, who do they have? Daniel Murphy? Daniel Murphy's high and cold. Uh, Tejada's not – he has a good batting average, but he's not going to knock in runs. Ronnie Cedeno stinks. Valdespin is the man once in the blue. I mean, Jason Bay has been atrocious, and Andres Torres has been terrible for the most part. There's just, I mean, Josh Tolley, he stinks. The Mets' offense is full of also rams and second and third string guys other than Wright and Davis. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what could we expect? I mean, did you think the Mets were going to be contending for, uh, for a playoff spot, Laura, when they were when they were riding high? I mean, of course, well, I mean, yeah, of course, there was a whole bunch of chatter about it, and the fact that, the fact that anybody even says the word playoffs before All-Star break is just ridiculous, so I don't really try to buy into that stuff too much, 
but it was definitely exciting. And when they were in the mix, it was, yeah, it was great. And of course, that sits in the back of your mind. But then, here we go, second half collapse, and it's just like, oh, here we go again. So I'm not surprised by this either, really. Right, right. You know, and uh, folks, it it is what it is. Unfortunately, I just hate being a Mets fan because we we really don't have anything to look forward to. Had a great first half. They they literally came out of the second half and tanked it. And, uh, you know, Laura, hopefully you'll keep writing some good articles over there in Double G Sports, and uh, we'll be able to have you on again in the near future so we can talk a little bit more. But we, we thank you for joining us, and, of course, have a, a wonderful evening. And uh, remember, Laura, always keep it PG. Okay, thank you. You guys have a good night. <laughs> Take care. Folks, uh, the one and only Laura joining us, and of course uh, she is tagged in our many Twitter conversations, so you can follow Laura. She's uh, she's definitely a good Mets fan, good sports fan, so uh, that's some some great stuff there. But uh, I, I'm being told I'm being told by our, our producer over here that uh, there's a there's a possibility, there's a chance that we need to go to our final timeout of the evening. So folks, we'll be right back on Pure Gold to talk a little bit more. This is Miss Pennsylvania USA 2011, Amber Joy Watkins. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold every week. Check them out for yourself at puregoldpg.com. It is truly a show about anything and everything, and Dave and Joe tell it like it is. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. Hey everyone, this is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011, and Pure Gold is the best show on the radio, so make sure you tune in, check out the latest in entertainment, news, and sports. Welcome back, folks. We are in the overrun, but it's it would, we would not be doing our jobs, folks, DG, if we did not get to the sports entertainment segment of the show this Sunday. Oh, is, we're going to talk WWE, geez. Uh, briefly, but we're going to really talk about Kevin Nash. But I just want to go, let the fa- folks know that the uh, the biggest pay-per-view of the summer is this Sunday. Summerfest. Summerfest 2012. Let's face it, folks, top to bottom, you got a triple threat match for the WWE title. CM Punk, right? If CM Punk doesn't win, we riot. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna riot, but I, I actually I said this last week. Uh, I believe it was the week before. I want Punk to hold on to the title the entire 2012 calendar year, um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about CM Punk later when we get to the Kevin Nash comments. There. Okay, I definitely want CM Punk to hold it too until at least the Royal Rumble. You have the the great match that everyone's anticipating to be a a slobber knocker, if you will. It's Triple H against Brock Lesnar. If Brock doesn't win this match, do we riot? Yes, we riot. Absolutely okay, good. We have a face Chris Jericho versus Dan, uh, Dolph Ziggler. You want Jericho to job to Dolph Ziggler? I think he's probably going to. But the, you know what's funny? I gotta throw this out there. They keep talking about how Jericho hasn't won the big one. Jericho hasn't won the big one. Sir, let me ask you a question. How many times is Chris Jericho world champion? Once. No. Try six times. How many times is the Intercontinental champion? Four times. Nine times. Sir, this guy has won the big one over and over and over again in his career. What I like and I hate about Chris is that he's the type of guy who's not egotistical. He doesn't care. Do I think he should win in my heart of hearts? No, because I think Ziggler should get the push. But Dolph is locked in to be world champ. He already has his title shot. So you can have him lose at Summerfest, and you can give Jericho the win to, to go on a high note. Because from what I understand, from what I've read, Jericho is leaving again. And it's funny because he said that he actually wants to stay this time, and he'll probably be back right after his concerts and his stuff is over. 
But, I mean, if Jericho loses, I think this is like 47 straight pay-per-views. Where he, I don't think he's, he's won a pay-per-view this year, sir. Yeah, you're right about that. And Jericho, you're right. It, it, the better thing was for him to actually lose to Dolph Ziggler. And knowing WWE logic, you're going to have Chris Jericho actually win this Sunday. But what I want to backtrack real fast on, and I just thought about this the other day, and I thought this is where I lose all like respect and all logic for WWE goes out the window. So last month, or two months ago, John Cena wins the Money, Money in the Bank match. And, you know, he loses his match. First guy to lose the Money in the Bank match the very next month. He's in another WWE title shot. <laughs> How bad is that when you think about it? Sir, you got to love it. It's the WWE at its finest. Um, you know, Cena, what can I say? Cena is the type of guy who just gets title shots no matter what. He was out of the title picture for a long time, so I think that that is, let's be honest, um, he was out for a while, so there's no reason that they wouldn't keep him in there for, for the time being. And then you have Mr. Yes, 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 Daniel Bryan versus Kane, a match I really don't care about, don't make any sense. But, sir, we are in the overrun. Let's talk about Kevin Nash. He made some some weird, off-the-mark comment about wrestling died when, when Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero left WrestleMania 20 with the titles. What, what do you think about that? Uh, I think I'm going to give a shout-out to Maria, who is uh, listening to Pure Gold right now. Uh, wink, wink. I'm talking to her on Twitter because as I do the show, I'm also trying to converse with the fans. Sir, um, I have very strong opinions on it. You asked the question, but I'd like to throw it back to you. What do you think? I mean, Kevin Nash, I mean, that's very egotistical and, um, I guess, racist if you want to be racist about it. I mean, how is it racist if Ben was a Canadian? He was well, he's Canadian. Oh, shut up. Who's racist against Canadians? I don't know if it's biased or whatever the case is, but definitely not racist there. Come on. All right. The comments are definitely off the wall. I mean, uh, is he doing it to make uh, make uh, make news and get his name back in the picture? Because Well, I, I, read, I read that, you know, maybe it's, it's Nash being Nash, Nash being a heel. But, again, you, sir, you think the comments are – you think they're racist, but you think the comments are off the wall. Tell us why. It, it makes no sense. I mean, you, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were the – prototypical back in the, not the golden age of wrestling, but these were guys that were never going to make it to the world title picture when Hulk Hogan was around. These were the prototypical intercontinental champions. And then the glass ceiling broke, and these guys pushed their way through. I don't see why, I don't see how you can make a stupid comment like that and say that the wrestling died when they become world champions. Are you saying that you, you think that certain people can never be world champions? I don't agree with it at all. It's definitely Nash being Nash, and he's, he's lost a lot of respect if he really means those comments. Well, what he was saying, and he he made a comment that I can't really reference on this show about what you can compare it to, but when you look at it, what he was saying is that they were super talented in the ring, which is undoubted, you know, that's undoubtedly the truth, but he said that they're not larger-than-life type of guys, and, you know, at first when I saw the comments, I didn't agree with Kevin because I said to myself, you know, well, he's talking size. Shawn Michaels was only like six foot tall. He says there's a big difference between five seven and six one. Uh, I don't know about that. Five seven, five nine. Um, you know, maybe a couple inches at the most. But honestly, the more I think about it, the more I think that he actually had a good point. Uh, not that not that wrestling died. I think that's ridiculous, and it's great to have guys like them who are real workhorses. But when you look at CM Punk, right? When you see him, does he ooze a superstar? When you look at Daniel Bryan, who's a couple of inches shorter than I am, does he ooze superstar? I don't think so. I think when you look at a Shawn Michaels, who's one of the all-time greats, yes. When you see Triple H, to me, he, does he look like a wrestler? Yes. And not that everybody has to be jacked up and muscular. 
Even our, our loathsome enemy, John Cena. Cena looks like a larger-than-life guy. Randy Orton, who I hate, looks larger than life. Kane, not just because he's tall, larger-than-life. Big Show, these guys look like real stars. When you see CM Punk in the, in the airport, you know, if I cook at the Waffle House, and I love Punk, but, I mean, is he oozing charisma? Is he oozing larger-than-life? I don't think so, sir. Isn't the bottom line the fact that you're able to either draw a lot of heat or a lot of pops from the crowd? Eddie Guerrero, at the at the height of his career when he was champion, he was uh, all about lying, cheating, and stealing, and people were eating that up, sir. Fans showed emotion. He was definitely getting that quote-unquote Latino heat. So, I mean, the fact that you, you draw a reaction from the crowd tells me that you've made it. Well, of course it, but, sir, all right, let, let, let's, let's leave. Let, let me pause right there for a second. You know who gets a reaction from the crowd? Santino Suck It Morella. Santino is not that good. They say the guy can wrestle. I've never seen it. You're telling me you're going to come. Santino Morella gets an amazing crowd reaction. Does that make him good? Does that make him iconic? Does that make him great? Well, and again, in the sports entertainment world like WWE is, there are some entertainment segments. I remember when Santino first came in, he beat Umaga for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, I remember that. And, of course, yeah, there was a time where they were billing him from Patterson, New Jersey, which was great, uh, living right next door to Patterson. But, um, honestly, sir, I just I don't think, again, Eddie was great. Benoit, what he did, can't overlook that. But at the time, he was amazing. I remember watching WrestleMania 20. I think we saw it together, and we thought it was an amazing moment. But that's because we're real wrestling fans. We're true wrestling fans. But larger than life, stop you on the street. You can't say anything about these guys. You can say it about Cena. You can say it about Orton. You could say it about certain guys. You cannot say it about Punk. You can't say it about Daniel Bryan or Cody Rhodes. I mean, these aren't larger-than-life amazing. Wow, look at these guys. You know, Ric Flair, larger-than-life and not that tall, by the way. So I think that Nash did have a point there. I think he's trying to draw heat. I think he's making comments the way that Nash does. And Nash, of course, kind of wrestles way out of a wet paper bag. But you know what? I mean... What can I say, sir? Scott Hall, superstar. There's just so many different guys you can name, and even if they weren't world champs, they ooze the charisma. But Oozing machismo, Chico, okay. as I throw my, uh, as I flick my toothpick at you. Ouch, right in my eye. But, but to Kevin Nash, for him to say that wrestling died, let's face it, folks, that is a dumb comment to say that wrestling died that day. You know when wrestling died? The day Vince McMahon bought WCW and decided not to keep it as two different companies. Well, That's when wrestling died. I think that is a good point. And, of course, many will argue that the uh, the finger poke of doom is when wrestling died, sir. Um, so, you know, there, there's, a, there's obviously a, a chance at that. But, um, again, Nash is making comments that only Nash can make. I mean, what can I tell you? <laughs> I guess, like I said, uh, to say that wrestling died at WrestleMania 20... Is a is a real joke to be honest with you, um, but you know again SummerSlam is this Sunday. We talk about yeah. What the, other matches do we have there? What other matches? Uh, looking down the card, um, it looks like the primetime players will be fighting against Kofi Kingston and r Truth. And then you have a U2 match. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, you know uh, we'll touch on this in a second, but we have to talk about the whole prime time player thing because of Abraham Washington. But keep running down the cards there. Uh, I think that's it with the card, to be honest with you. I think that's all the matches that have been announced so far. You got the WWE title, oh, the World Heavyweight Title match that's not really been quote unquote booked, but you have Sheamus that's probably going to take on Albert Del Rio, my favorite guy in the world. I mean, this guy gets title shot after title shot after title shot. That match. Is going to, it's not official, but it will be probably after SummerSlam. 
That's all I have on wrestling, folks. I mean, uh, that's all I could possibly talk about wrestling. It's Summerfest this Sunday. The one thing that we didn't really get to, and we're really in the overrun, sir, is talk about football. This sun, this Saturday, this Friday, this Saturday, yes. Wait, sir, wait. No. Wait a second. No, no, no. no wait a second. No. Wait a second. I got to say this. Abraham Washington, as we're in the overrun, it's almost over. Sir, Abraham Washington was fired this week because he made comments on the Twitter. He was talking about uh, how... He mentioned Kobe Bryant, the whole, you know, I'm unstoppable, the primetime players are unstoppable at Kobe Bryant in a Las, what is it, a Las Vegas hotel room or a Colorado uh, hotel room. You know, go back nine years. At the time, he made a good point. Uh, John Cena made a comment about it. The Big Show made a comment about it. Lyndon just won the Republican primary. Good Lord, help us. Terrible. We were rooting against Linda only because uh, we don't want the, the Fiji product to continue as it is, and I think she has too much effect on that product. But, sir, he got fired for making that comment and making more subsequent comments on the Twitter. Sir, explain to me, it's a joke about rape, and rape is a horrible thing, obviously. I'm not even trying to defend or think it's okay to, to make fun of rape. I'm not even saying that. But what I'm saying, the problem I have, in it, the issue that I have, is that the ultimate hypocrisy on the part of the WWE, because let's look at this for a second, sir. They have a, they have a convicted rapist that they just put into the WWE Hall of Fame in Mike Tyson. How can you tell me you're going to fire Abraham Washington, who is a very talented, for making a, a comment of something that happened nine years ago that Kobe wasn't even, uh, you know, he wasn't even, like, uh, taking a trial, as it were. He, he wasn't convicted of it, but you have a convicted rapist in the WWE Hall of Fame. Vince, you can... No, wait, no, 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 wait a second, no, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, wait a second, David, for a second, let me... Wait a second, Francesca might interrupt you, but Dave, you have a valid point right there. I mean, yeah, yeah, you make me sick interrupting me. But sir, <laughs> let's be honest. How is it? How is that okay? The hypocrisy. Guys getting fired for you know not getting fired for failing 17 drug tests. Randy Orton, and all these people doing these different things, and you know breaking all kinds of rules and X, Y, and Z. But this guy, Abraham, Abraham Washington gets fired. I don't know as it was. I don't even how is that okay? How does the WWE justify that? There's a convicted rapist in the WWE Hall of Fame, and you're telling me you're gonna fire a guy for a comment that he makes, and you put you put Tyson in the Hall of Fame this year? Are you kidding me? Come on! There's so much hypocrisy. There's so many political different angles that the WWE plays to fire Abraham Washington for those comments. Is a travesty, a joke, and sir, you're totally right. Linda McMahon winning uh, yesterday the election is definitely going to make this product even more PG, and I think that's why he got fired, because they would have taken a lot of heat if Abraham Washington wasn't fired for stupid comments that, uh, as far as I know, sir, this is America. It's freedom of speech. Yeah, it is, but I guess it's the same reason you can't yell, uh, you know, fire in a public building, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it is what it is. Abraham doesn't need me to defend him. It just it just pisses me off as a, as a WWE fan, sir. Yeah, hopefully we'll have Abraham Washington on to tell his side of the story. Oh, of course. That would be wonderful. But that, but that's all I have to say about that. I just had to go nuts because that makes me sick. All right. So we're way into the overrun. Let's just break it down one last topic. This Saturday, the Giants play the Jets. Jekyll versus Hyde. The Super Bowl champion versus the three-ring circus. I've come to the conclusion that the Jets, from top to bottom, do not want Mark Sanchez as their quarterback. They do not give him the tools. They have a... Oh, such a weak offensive line. They have no wide receivers. Mark Sanchez is going to get his butt kicked in week one. People are going to scream for his head. 
He needs to go for the sake of me being a Mark Sanchez fan, above a Jeff fan for what they've done to the guy. Get him off the team, trade him now. Obviously, you don't want Mark Sanchez. You don't value him anymore. You think that he's a waste. You think that he's worse than Eli Manning in year four, like Eli was. He turned it around. Why can't Mark Sanchez? But, folks, that's right. The three-ring circus is in town. Jets versus Giants. Sir, how happy are you to be a Giant fan? I'm thrilled to be a Giants fan because that means I'm not a Jets fan. And (laughs) I hate to say it like that because I don't have any animosity or ill will towards the Jets. I know that the Jets fans may think that we Giants fans do. But, sir... Um, honestly, I just look at the Jets on the other side of the pond, as it were, all to the side of the field, and I just I feel bad for you. But you know what? The team is run like a three-ring circus. This whole Tebow thing, I, I like Tebow, you know, for what he stands for. But you know, on the field, yes, he's won. What does he stand for? Well, I mean, he stands for his Christian values. Oh my God! I'm glad you said that because he posts in GQ, like. The Jesus that he thinks he is. Sexy Jesus. Well, I don't know if he thinks he's sexy Jesus. Or, I mean, I heard that. I was actually offended by that, by the way. I'm um, sure you were. Uh, which, is, which is a bit much uh, for my taste, uh, listening to that this morning on Boomer and Carton as I, as I switched over. But, um, you know, I don't understand that, and I honestly would like him to explain that because I think that's going over the line. I think he's on Boomer and Carton next Thursday. Maybe we'll get him on Ray. Really? Yeah. Because uh, Boomer, Boomer was ripping him there. That, that, Boomer that was ripping him, and, and Craig just rips him to no end, thinks he's a fraud, he's a phony. I'd like to know why you'd post for a GQ magazine and be uh, just make the symbol of the cross without the cross. Uh, I don't know what Tim Tebow stands for. I, I'm starting to think along the lines of Tim Tebow is out for himself and his people, and he doesn't care about the New York Jets. It's just a platform now to become famous and to get his word across. Well, he's already famous, sir. I mean, he didn't need More to come famous. to the Jets. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely gives him a, a better spotlight, but uh, he didn't need to come to the Jets for that. But as far as being a Giants fan, I'm definitely excited about that because the Giants, sir, they all they do is win. The Jets sit here, they run their mouth, they scum it up, as it were, but the Giants, sir, they know how to win. And um, I'm not saying they're going to repeat this year, but it feels it feels damn good to be a Giants fan, and it's nice to have at least one team that knows what they're doing and knows how to get it done, sir. See, sir, this is what's wrong. The, the, the Giant fan looks for respect. Most Giant fans look for the respect. They won the Super Bowl last year, and nobody talks about them. You need to go in with the mindset that you're the defending Super Bowl champions, that you have to be beaten before anything else. They have to prove it to you, sir. You, the, the Giants do not have to prove anything else for the next five to ten years, to be honest with you. Eli doesn't have to prove anything. Tom Coughlin doesn't have to prove anything. This is the team that has to you have to go through to win the Super Bowl this year. And you know what? They're going to be in the NFC Championship game again this year, and it's against the Green Bay Packers. It's just going to be a question of will the Giants be able to beat the Green Bay Packers this year. And you know what? I think they have a good shot. Well, did you hear about uh, Clay Matthews, sir? And stupid, his comments? Yeah, stupid comments again. Go ahead. No, I, I, I want to get your take. Because to me, that those are idiotic comments. that we, You know, when you lose to a team, they won. That's it. They beat you. Regardless of what, you, yeah, you may have beaten your, quote-unquote, in a sense, beaten yourself, but the other team defeated you. They won the Super Bowl, and you're, you're talking about Clay Matthews, you tool. Get a haircut, first of all. Wait, did he get a haircut? Did he need to do the Lost for Love thing? I think he did. All right, I, I, even though that's a good cause, I still can't stand him. But how do you make – and he's a WWE fan, so he's not that bad. But, uh, sir, how do you make that – Type of and unless he thinks this is WWE, how do you make that kind of statement, sir? The Giants won the Super Bowl. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. There you go. There you go. Five years, There you go. Two thousand five years. There you go, Dave. I mean, that's the attitude you need. I mean, what's worse, Clay Matthews' stupid comments or Jerry Jones' stupid comments as a Cowboy fan? Well, Jerry Jones is an idiot. Uh, but we already knew that, sir. So I don't know. 
I don't know how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. I don't know if you can take that. that that's kind of like take it with a grain of salt, but the Clay Matthews stuff is what bugs me. It does. So the two teams actually play this Saturday. Preseason game number two, I think Sanchez and Eli Mann will get a lot of play time because they are the starters. Um, uh, I look at the Jets and, uh, like I said, three-ring circus. The Giants' professional organization run top to bottom. I don't see why they can't contend for another Super Bowl this year, but we'll definitely preview that as, get to, as we get this closer and closer to September and the start of the season. But uh, that's all I have on football, sir. I mean, I think I've run down my entire list. Unless you want to tell us a story that you were supposed to tell us two weeks ago and we forgot. Uh, what story was that, sir? I have no clue. You had mentioned something about being in a restaurant and you had, I don't know, saved someone, something about God. You know, you were at a, at a Chick-fil-A maybe or a... Oh, oh no. <laughs> I didn't say anything about saving or anything, but I was I was at Chick-fil-A the other day because, uh, you know, I was... You know, I was standing up for what I believe in, and, uh, you know, regardless of what, you can say whatever you want, think however you want. Yeah. Um, but it is a free country. I find it interesting where someone has a different opinion than you, and this comes a lot from the uh, liberal left, as it were. Uh, and I don't want to turn this into politics, but if you don't agree with something, you're awful, you're a bigot, you're scum. And being a bigot basically is disagreeing with what somebody else has to say and believing that your opinion is right. And that is exactly how the other side thinks. So it makes it bigotry on both sides. Um, and, uh, you know, just just that whole uh, that whole scenario that, you know, we my, my wife and I felt left to go. We were there. We stopped in there. We were online for a while. And, of course, people made their comments uh, after the fact on, on Facebook. But you know what? It's what we believe in. Last I checked, this is America, and you know it, what gets me is that uh, this this country is becoming increasingly anti-Christian because if if it was some type of Muslim demonstration, nobody would say anything. If it was some type of Jewish demonstration, people wouldn't say anything. But since it's Christian, it's scum, it's this, it's that, and everybody's gonna hate on it, and that's just the way that it is. You know, I had Roseanne Barr talking about that. Uh, the people online, the people who eat Chick-fil-A chicken, should die of cancer. Uh, so yeah, that's. I mean, come on, sir. You tell me how how is that okay? It's not okay. I I, I didn't know we were going to go that way with the story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you brought it up, so I just had to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, way to put a nice ball on this one. Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely. Oh, nice. It's <laughs> two weeks ago, but yes, sir. That, I, that's it. I'm done. I'm done too. What are we going to tap next week? Sir, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to have any guests next week, but it's going to be another great show at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're looking at Jen Lilly in two weeks, so possibly we'll have uh, up and coming uh, star, music star, Miss uh, Sahara Star on. So, you know, we'll get, the, get it, the pun. So hopefully we'll have her on. We'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, there's no guarantee on that. We're going to try working on getting more and more and more and more guests, great guests, as only Pure Gold can do, sir. Well, thanks to Morgan Willard for joining us tonight once oh, again. Oh, of course, sir. You're, you're taking over my part. But, yeah, Morgan was great. She did a wonderful job, as always. She is truly pure gold. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Laura for calling in and, and sharing her opinion. Uh, she was great also. Uh, for those of you fans listening, make sure to check us out every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. And remember to go on our website and vote puregoldpg.com. Woo! 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 Just had to throw that out there, folks. Good night. God bless America as we leave you with these amazing and wonderful and awesome sound bites. Huh. What's the name of your shop? Uh, pure Gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure gold. Good night, everyone. Peace.